0: Thank you for joining the Element Church podcast. Where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Well, today, I want you to imagine that that this room, or if you're watching online, whatever room you are in. Imagine the room you are in. This room is a prison cell that 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 all of us some of you are like that's not hard to imagine i was here against my will my parents may become my wife may become so i'm a prisoner today all joking aside uh, imagine that the room you are in this room is a prison cell and all of us all of us are prisoners together in it it's a it's a prison from a couple centuries ago so if if you can you can close your eyes if that helps you imagine this but but no light from the outside world or electricity No air conditioning, heat, or padded chairs. uh, No internet on our phones to occupy our brains when we get bored. Uh, We're all chained. Literally chained. Maybe chained to one another or chained to the floor or the wall or the poles, whatever it is. And there is no getting out unless they let us out. Some of us are here because we deserve it. We broke the law in some way that we deserve to be in prison, but others Others are in prison in this room because you love Jesus too much. Imagine that's you. You're in prison because you refuse to abandon your faith in Christ in order to follow the ways of the world. Can, can, you, can you, you got that mental image in your brain? Are, are, are you with me? If you're watching online and you're with me, put the thumbs up emoji in the comment section. That would be awesome. And since it seems like everyone is either playing along, lying to me, or ignoring me, uh, I'll go ahead and introduce myself to all the prisoners who don't know who I am. Uh, my name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead, prisoner, lead pastor here uh, today. And uh, let's see if I can get up without injuring my old self. Uh, I am so, so excited for this message today, and so excited that you are here to be a part of it. This sermon has been upon my heart for probably almost two years now, uh, waiting to, to come out, and today it gets to come out. And the, the reason I started with the illustration of a, a prison cell and being in prison for loving Jesus too much is because that's actually what we're going to see in today's Scripture. As we talk about today the power of praise— You see, all of us will be in a prison of some kind someday. All of us will be. It may not be an actual prison. It might be the prison of depression or anxiety. uh, The prison of grief and mourning and heartache and pain. The prison of disease or illness. Maybe it's a financial prison of some kind. It could just be a, a prison from a problem that we commonly experience in life, just the crappy circumstances of life, or 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 maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe you're waiting to see if that broken relationship will even be restored. And it's it feels like you're in a prison. So so all of us, we we either are now in prison or we will be someday. And here's what I wanna challenge us to do when we're in a prison of any kind. I wanna challenge us today to praise God in our prison. To praise God in our prison. And I know I might receive some pushback from someone on that today. Uh, Maybe you're here and you're thinking, why would I praise God in my prison? It's actually my prisons in life that have led me to not believe in God, to not trust him enough to put my faith in him. And I understand how some prisons in life might actually lead you to that place. I I do. I I can't force you to believe in God. I can't prove to you uh, God is there in your prison. All I can do is love you like Jesus did, and we do love you if that's you. And all I can do is present what I believe to be some powerful truths about praising God in our prisons. You see, when we praise, and Christians in the room, I'm going to need some help preaching today, okay? Uh, I'm going I'm to need some vocal support if the believers are willing to give it today. I'm asking for it up front. That when we praise God, even in our prisons, yes, we express God's power. We declare the power of God, but it's so much better than that. And it's so much deeper than that. That when we praise God, especially in our prisons, we don't just express God's power, but church, we experience his power as well. And that's actually our big idea for today. The big idea is this, when we praise God, we don't just express his power, we experience his power as well. And I don't know about you, but I want to experience the power of God, especially when I find myself in a prison of some kind, amen? The main scripture, the big question we've got to answer then today is this, what power do we experience in our praise? That if we experience power, what power do we experience in our praise? And the main scripture is Acts 16, 22 through 34. Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament portion of the Bible. If you don't own a Bible, I would highly encourage you to get one. We believe it's the word of God spoken to us to give us directions in in life, and you can download a free Bible app called YouVersion, or if you're here in person, ask for a Bible out in the lobby at guest services. We'll get you one. For now, as always, all the scriptures will be on the screens. Uh, Here in Acts 16, just to let you know what we're kind of stepping into, Paul and Silas, two missionaries, are going from town to town preaching and and teaching people uh, about Jesus. Now, remember, at one point, Paul hated Jesus, hated those who followed Jesus. And and before he met Jesus, he was actually going from town to town, uh, arresting, imprisoning, torturing, even killing people for their faith in Jesus. But now, after putting his faith in Jesus, it's the opposite. He's going from town to town with his traveling partner, Silas, telling people about Jesus. And if you read Acts, like, Thousands, hundreds, thousands of people are putting their faith in Jesus. Their lives are being changed. Their bodies are being healed. And some folks don't like what's happening. In the name of Jesus. They don't like how much Paul and Silas love Jesus, how much they talk about Jesus, and how much they are serving people because of Jesus. So they decide to do something about it. And that's where we're picking up the story. Acts 16, starting in verse 22, says this A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials, that's the city officials of a town called Philippi, which they were in, they ordered them stripped and beaten with rods. They were severely beaten and when they were thrown into prison, and then they were thrown into prison, the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon, clamped their feet in the stocks, I mean, talk about a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day for Paul and Silas, right? And what did they do in this situation? If you don't know the story or if you're not reading ahead, what would you think they would do in their prison? I mean, did they complain? How could you let this happen, God? I'm giving my life to you. I'm going from town to town telling people about Jesus and how to find life in Jesus. I have obeyed you. I have followed you. I have served you. I have given to you. I don't own any cats. (laughs) Sorry to throw that one in there. Like, I've done everything right, God. And now you're bringing this problem into my life? Is that what they (laughs) did? Verse 25 tells us what they did. Around midnight, while they were in the inner dungeon, feet clamped in stocks, chained probably to the wall or to each other, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were praising God in their prison, literally. And the other prisoners were listening. We're going to come back to that in a second. I think Paul and Silas understood that when we praise God, we don't just express his power. We do. But we experience his power as well. And they needed the power of God in their prison cell. And so they praised. And so here's the first thing I want to see about the power of praise. Number one is is this. It gives us the power to keep our focus The power to keep our focus. Specifically, what I mean is to keep our focus on God and off of our problem. Praise gives us the power to keep our focus on the problem solver instead of on the prison cell. (laughs) It's power to focus. I mean, how easy would it have been for them to focus on their prison cell? (laughs) How easy would it have been for them to, to look at their chains that they were chained with, to, to look at their problem, to look at their, at their prison cell and, and forget about their God? Pretty easy, right? I'll tell you, it seems to happen all the time in my life and the lives of those that I know, our prison cell can so quickly take our focus off of God. And we're not told how long they were in the cell before they started singing. But we were told around midnight they were praising God in their prison. Around midnight, when their prison cell was the darkest, when perhaps their problem felt like it couldn't be any worse. Maybe they felt themselves slipping into focusing on their problem when something clicked on the inside and they decided to focus on God with their praise. And remember, they were praising with no expectation of their problem going away. Like, spoiler alert. God's about to show up and show off in a moment, and I'm going to get really excited, might run some laps or something, but God's about to show up and show off, but, but they didn't know that. It, it, it's not like Paul looked over at Silas and said, hey, open up version and see what happens next. <laughs> like they didn't know what happened next, right? Like they weren't praising God for what he was going to do. They were just praising God for who he is and what he had already done, forgiving them of their sins. They were praising God whether he got them out of prison or not. And it got their focus off the prison cell and onto the problem solver. For all they knew, they were going to die in there. You see, praise does not promise us that our problems will go away. Praise just gives us the power to focus on the one who's above our problem. That was good, church. (laughs) Praise does not promise us that our problems will go away. You might praise God and still be in a prison cell. But praise gives us the power to focus on the one who's above the problem. The the one who is greater and stronger than the problem, the one who has the power to do something about it, if he chooses, and even if he doesn't, he's still worthy of praise. You see, Paul and Silas they they turned in my mind their chains into symbols, their dungeon into a drum, their prison cell into a praise sanctuary. You see, any prison cell can become a praise sanctuary if you focus on the one who's above it like can, can, can you can you see it <laughs> Can you imagine this happening with Paul and Silas? Like, go, go back with me to that prison cell we created at the, at the beginning of our, of our service here. We aren't told what happens, so we've got to fill in the gaps with our, with our imagination. I'm going to ask some people to help me out. I'm going to ask my fellow prisoners if they'll come out. The worship team's going to come out and help me. So, guys, if you come out, uh, they're all going to come out and help me with this here in a second. Um, so, I, I imagine Paul and Silas, they're, they're sitting in prison. I would think there's probably a handful of other people who also believed in Jesus that were there. We don't know that. We do know, though, from every record in the the, uh, writings of Paul that when he was in prison, he was always sharing his faith. People were getting saved while he was in prison. So maybe he'd already led some folks to Christ in prison. I don't know. But I imagine they're sitting there. Around midnight, something just clicks in Paul. And he just decides, we got to praise No more focusing on the prison cell. Let's focus on the problem solver, and praise him. And so, again, this is complete conjecture. It probably didn't happen, but I'm just gonna—we're gonna imagine for a second. Okay, can you do that with me? Let's imagine Paul. Paul's chained. I don't know how he was chained, but he's chained. And I imagine Paul looks down at his chains and be like, "These would be great symbols." And he turns his chain into a rhythm instrument and starts doing something like this. He starts singing, even when I don't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working, you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working. He looks over at Silas and Silas is like, dude, we're in a prison. But then Silas, th- you know, he, he catches on, oh, we're going to Praise. So Silas starts using his chains for an instrument and maybe somebody else turns something into a drum and they start playing. And now we've got some more people going on. And Paul keeps singing. He just does this. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Now other prisoners are catching on. They're, they're using their chains as symbols, and their dungeon as a drum and their prison cell into a prey sanctuary. And Paul just keeps on singing. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Now the whole prison cell's like, this is awesome. What's going on right now? And so I want, I'm gonna invite all of you to join me. You're gonna snap your fingers, my own beat. Just snap your fingers like this, if you wanna do that. Or maybe turn, turn your hands into a shaker, I don't care what you do. But we're gonna praise God right now. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Isn't that awesome, you guys? Thanks, guys. Give me my hand. That's awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine it? Can you see it? I love that some of you had your hands up in praise. I ask, can you imagine it? But we don't have to. Why? Because we just experienced it. I think we just turned some prison cells into a praise sanctuary. But we don't have to be at church to do that. Why? Because when we praise God, we don't just express his power. Oh, we do. But we experience it as well. And what do we experience? What power do we experience? The power to keep our focus. That yes, the problem might still hurt. It might not even go away. But I serve someone bigger than my problem. So I'm going to praise him in my prison cell. I'm going to be really sore tomorrow. (laughs) 47-year-old body can't take it. So what happened next What happened when they were praising God? Well, in this story, something major goes down. Verse 26. Suddenly, while they were praising God, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. So what power do we experience in our praise? The power to keep our focus. Number two is this, the power to set people free. Praise has the power to set people free. That not just my praise, but Jesus in and through our praise Sets people free. Weird transition here for a moment for an illustration, but hang with me. Sadly, a little over 150 years ago in our nation's history, we still had thousands of enslaved Africans in our country who were owned like cattle. Oppressed, mistreated, bound in chains. Ironically, It was their praise of God that many historians attribute to their freedom, or at least their belief they would be free one day and their pursuit of it. Uh, Black soldiers who were fighting for their ultimate freedom in the Union Army during the Civil War, they would often sit around campfires at night. And they would sing some of what we call now the ancient Negro spirituals that had been passed down from previous generations. They were worship songs, really. That at night, they'd gather around the fire and they'd worship God. Colonel Thomas Wentworth Higginson, a white commander of an all-black regiment in South Carolina for the Union Army in the Civil War, he recorded this. He said, these quaint religious songs were to the men more than a source of relaxation. They were a stimulus to courage and a tie to heaven. Wow. Then W.C. Handy, an African-American composer and musician who many call the father of blues, he said this, the Negro spirituals did more to free my people than all the guns of the Union Army. Come on. Let that sink in. In his mind, as a black man in America, the worship and praise of God by his people did more to free them in this country than all the guns of the Union Army. Why? Because praise has the power to set people free. We saw that in our main scripture. When Paul and Silas praised, their chains fell off, the prison doors were open, and they were set free. But listen, that doesn't mean that every time we praise God, he's going to get us out of our prison. That's not what we need to understand here. What we need to understand is this, that because of their praise, Paul and Silas were already free, whether they ever got out of their prison or not that in their praise of God, when they sang, they were saying to the prison guard, they were saying to the other prisoners, they were saying to the devil himself, you might put us in prison, but you can't stop us from praising God. They were already free. They were already free. They were saying, we may not be free in our bodies, but we're free in our spirits, and because of that, he's worthy of praise whether he takes me out of my prison or not. So don't view praise as a get-out-of-jail-free card. View praise as our only appropriate response to God. Because of what he's done on the inside of me, regardless of what he does on the outside for me, he's worthy of praise. And it sets our spirits free. But notice also... And this, this is huge. Like, when I saw this, when I put two and two together, I mean, I've read it, I don't know how many times, but I just never landed on this powerful truth. When I saw it for the first time, it's what triggered this, this whole sermon. It changed my view of praise forever. Their praise, when Paul and Silas praised, their praise didn't just set them free. The chains of every prisoner fell off. That every Prisoner in the prison was set free because Paul and Silas chose to praise. So church, when we understand the potential power of our praise, it should change the way we praise God in this place. That my praise can help someone else's chains fall off? That my praise... Can help someone else be set free come on like let's praise like right now i'll do it like like if my praise can help other people be set free then church you better believe i'm gonna praise with all my might I will praise for people who don't have the strength to praise. I will praise for people who don't know how to praise. I will praise for people who don't have the desire to praise. I'm going to praise until someone's chains fall off. Why? Why? Because God's going to bust me out of my prison? No, because God already has busted me out of my prison. He paid the price for my freedom. Jesus, God in the flesh. He came as one of us. He modeled a perfect life for us. He died because of us, paying the price for our sins. But 3 days later he rose victorious. So that any one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, by faith in him can be forgiven of our sins. The Holy Spirit of Christ himself will live in our hearts and And by his death and resurrection, we have been set free. And then one day, church, one day, by faith in him, I will live in his unfiltered presence forever. That's worthy of some praise. It's worthy of some praise. So, church, when we praise God, we don't just express. Now you know, by the way, why I go nuts during worship. Because I'm worshiping for some of you who, by the looks of it, don't want to worship. Yeah, I just said it. Didn't plan on it, but I said it. Because some people who I know profess the name of Christ look more interested in drinking their coffee than they do praising God. Sorry if that offends somebody. Actually, I'm not. But when I go nuts over there in the front row... I'm doing it because I want someone to see on the outside what's happened on the inside. And I want you to join me in worship. Church, when we praise God, we don't just express his power, we experience it. So what power do we experience in our prison, or in our praise? The power to keep our focus, the power to set people free. Number three, the power to lead others to faith. Uh, In our praise, there is a power that can lead others to faith. Acts 16, 27 through 34, it's the lengthiest part of our reading today. The jailer woke up, as you can imagine, (laughs) to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself, fearing his authority. But Paul shouted to him from the inner dungeon, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We all chilling. They're just there. They didn't leave. The jailer called for lights, ran down to the dungeon, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Which, by the way, I don't think he was asking a spiritual question. He wasn't there yet. I think he was saying, you dudes just sang down an earthquake on this place. I don't want you to kill me, so what must I do to be saved? But Paul and Silas, they weren't praising for a physical freedom and they weren't offering a physical salvation. So they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household, and they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at the hour of, at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them, washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into it. Like they left the jail in the middle of the night and went to this dude's house and broke bread together, shared a meal and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. By the way, Don't have time for this, but I want to mention it. In verse 40, it tells us that Paul and Silas were back in prison. They went back to the prison cell. Why? Because I think they knew there's an opportunity to reach more people with the praise. Maybe more opportunity in the prison than in the palace. Talk about making a lasting impact. Like, do you realize that just by our praise, we can live out our vision? We exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships and make a lasting impact. That through our praise, focus is put on God. People can be set free and others might put their faith in Christ because of our praise. Again, this is why, one of the reasons why I'm, I just choose to be. It's a choice. I don't always feel like it. For me, it's a choice. I choose to be expressive in my praise. And I do so because when I think of who my God is, what he has done for me, what Jesus saved me from, how he has set me free, and how much he wants others to experience that as well, I cannot help but lift up my hands in praise and sing out with all my might. Church, sometimes I feel like I can't get my hands up high enough. Like I I feel like I'm gonna come out of my skin. I'm just like, there's no way you did that for me. There's no way. And I, I just don't know any other way to respond. Other, other than absolute awe and wonder into you know, who God is. And sometimes I don't feel like it, but worship's not a feeling, it's a choice. And probably when I least feel like it is when I most need it, because I gotta get my focus off the prison and onto the problem solver. I was talking with my brother about worship this past week as I was telling him about this sermon that I'm going crazy about. And my brother said this to me. He said, I know, I know that outward expression does not equal inward change. That just because I express doesn't mean anything's happened on the inside. But he said, if God has already changed me on the inside, how can I not express on the outside? I've said enough. I'm gonna ask the band to come out. And we're gonna end with praise today. And I know that personalities, have different personalities, different upbringings, different levels of comfort, I, I get it. And I, I know that many of, of, of you are in a prison cell today. I'm gonna to challenge us to praise God in the prison cell. In fact, if you're in one, you need to praise the most so that you get your focus off the prison and onto the problem solver. And maybe by your praise, someone else can be set free. Or maybe by our praise, someone today would put their faith in this God that we adore. So I'm gonna challenge us to fight our battles with praise. We're singing that today. I'm gonna challenge us to see a victory with our praise. We're singing that. I'm gonna challenge us to stand in the authority of Jesus because he's stronger and greater than any problem in our life and we're gonna sing that too. So however you need to respond, however you want to respond, maybe the appropriate response for you is bowing Maybe it's silence, or maybe it's I can't get my hands up high enough. I can't sing loud enough to give glory to that God. If you're able to stand, let's stand. I'm going to pray, and we're going to praise. Father, thank you for just the work you've done in my heart through this message. Lord, I needed it just as much as anybody else. And Lord, I don't want there to be any guilt or shame, I don't, I want there to be freedom to praise. So Lord, whatever prison cell we find ourselves in, I pray that no matter what it is that we focus on you right now, Lord, would you set some people free? And would you lead others to faith through our praise? You deserve it, whether you ever get us out of prison or not. We love you. We give you praise. It's in your mighty, amazing, powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's praise church. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.